Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Recover Your Soul. My name is Rachel Harrison. And this is a podcast offering inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started recoveryoursoul.net after having profound positive changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast, as well as offering personal coaching and spiritual counseling. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform, just the desire to make positive changes and grow. I'm an ordained minister, and I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together, we can do the work to recover our souls. In this episode, I wanted to come back to the slogans. Slogans are used in Al-Anon and AA as ways to give us short, concise messages that bring us back to our recovery, that bring us back to our higher power, that give us quick reminders of how to come out of the chaos and our crazy thinking minds kind of back to center. And in my last episode that I did about him, we talked about keep it simple but for the grace of God and easy does it. And in this episode, I want to talk about just for today, first things first, and let it begin with me. I know that when I was in early recovery, and my brain was still really foggy from drinking, and it was really foggy from being in control of everything. And the world felt very heavy and very overwhelming and very, very intense. And that the slogans for me were a way to just have to write something down, just to have something right there that I could quickly come to that was helpful for me in that moment. And as time has gone on, I found them to be deeper and deeper meanings. And just like the layers of an onion, the more you peel back, the more that there's inside. And as they say in recovery, more will be revealed. We don't have to know everything all at once. We don't have to have all the answers all at once. We don't have to be fixed all at once. We just need to take one step at a time, one day by day, one action to the next action, one decision to the next to allow ourselves to put ourselves first, to put our recovery of our soul, our need to control to the side. And as we do those steps, slowly but surely things start to change in our life. And as we have chaotic moments that happen in our life, we're able to manage them more comfortably with more ease. And I find that if I look back on my early recovery, 
not only this past time, but the time before that it took a long time for me to heal. And if we think about it, whether you have an active addiction or whether it's just the complexity of being human and the complexity of our minds and interpersonal relationships, most of us have had more dysfunction for a long time. And maybe it's brand new to you, or maybe you've been on the journey for a while, but it takes a long time to repattern your brain, to reset those aspects of yourself that have thought and felt and believed a certain way for a long time. And so the slogans really help us to sort of come back to that place of ourselves, to really recenter ourselves in this desire to think differently, to behave differently, to feel differently, to see differently, and to rely not on our ego self, but on our higher self, our higher power self. And so I'd love to start with the slogan that's called just for today. And I did a whole podcast on the, the just for tonight. And I love everything that that says to help us have reminders of, of what can we do with our day and our brains and our recovery. And so it's, this is another one just for today. And so it reads, this slogan is a commitment to set aside the past and future and live in this one day only. Oh my, how many of us spend so much of our time having our brain spinning, spinning, spinning on either what we wish could have been different yesterday or what we're angry about that happened before or what we're resentful about or sad about or damaged from, from the past. And then the other half of us is completely hell bent on trying to figure out what's going to happen tomorrow. We're obsessed in planning and creating and thinking about how we're going to make tomorrow be whatever tomorrow's going to be, or worrying about what tomorrow's going to be, what the future's going to be, what our lives are going to be. And then we forget where we are right here, right now, in this one day, this one moment only. It goes on to read When we deal with today only, Seemingly impossible projects become manageable. Conflicts that could have consumed all of our attention can be addressed for the reasonable amount of time if we recognize that they may not have to be resolved completely and at once. And just for today, we can make small changes in our actions and attitudes, explore new possibilities, and take a few tiny risks, all of which can help us to move forward in a positive direction. I know that if I'm present in the moment and I let go of that need to know, especially the future when I'm in a situation that feels unmanageable, I do get the intuition. I get the guidance. I get the peace of what is my next step to do and that I don't have to fix it all all at once or not have to realize that I don't have to fix it at all. So if we can just remind ourselves to just be here now, I know that sometimes I need to sit and I need to do a meditation and I need to feel my fingers 
and feel my arms and feel my toes and feel my feet and feel my legs and just ground myself in the knowing that this exact moment is the only moment that is and that I don't want to lose those moments. I don't want to also have my life bypass me because I neglected to be present. It goes on to read, many Al-Anon members begin to try to adopt one or two of the suggestions contained in the leaflet entitled Just for Today. It doesn't matter which ones we choose. They all help us put this one day to use and learn that managing a single day can be the beginning of a new and better life. And it reads, just for today, I'll try to live through this day only, not tackle my problems all at once. I can do something for 12 hours that would appall me if I felt I had to do it for a lifetime. That actually is a good example of the one day at a time that is the foundation of any kind of change in our lives, whether it's trying to break an addiction or change our behaviors. Sometimes you can think, well, there's no way that I'm going to be able to run a marathon. But we know that if you just start with today in your training, I'm going to run today. Can I just run today? Can I just run a half a mile today? Can I just run a block today? Yeah, I can run a block today. And then the next day you move on. When I quit drinking, it was, can I not drink for, for today? The idea of thinking I was never going to have another margarita or another glass of wine again was impossible to think about. But if I said, can I just not drink today? Rachel, can you not drink for the next hour? I always could make it. It then goes on to say, just for today, I will be happy. This assumes to be true what Abraham Lincoln said, that most folks are happy as they make up their minds to be. What if we let go of yesterday? What if we let go of what we feel like we're supposed to be hurting from from yesterday and we just said, you know what, just for today, for today I'm going to be happy. It goes on to read, just for today I will adjust myself to do what is and not try to adjust everything to my own desires. I will take my luck as it comes and fit myself into it. I know that when I started really being present and saying, this just is what is. And what is could mean that there's a major conflict going on inside my home or outside in the world. That what is, is might be a financial situation. And if I accepted the what is, Instead of trying to force everything to be around what I expected or wanted it to be, a less like a loosening happened in myself. A letting go of the control happened. Next it reads, just for today, I will have a program. I may not follow it exactly, but I will have it. I will save myself from two pests, hurry and indecision. I know that One of the things that I really love about recovery that I wanted to bring to everybody, regardless of whether you have an active addiction or not, is the program. That having the 12 steps, that having a morning of prayer and meditation, that having a regular routine that allows you to put your personal spiritual growth first 
allows you to have the ability to take one step at a time and to grow and be happy. And it lets go of hurry and indecision because so often we're just completely consumed with a, we have to do everything or that there's so much going on. I can't even decide. So if you have a little bit of routine, if you have a little bit of program and how you manage yourself and take care of yourself, you're more likely to keep that up. Next is just for today, I will be unafraid. Especially, I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe that as I give to the world, so the world shall give to me. Sometimes we feel badly for being happy, for looking at the beauty when there's so much suffering for allowing ourselves to be excited or to have dreams. What if we just said, just for today, I will be unafraid. And as we give, so shall we receive. So give beautifully and the world will give beautifully back. The next slogan is first things first. And it reads, when life becomes chaotic, it's easy to lose track of what needs immediate attention and what does not. Small obstacles can seem like crisis, and major problems can be overlooked. As an alcoholic's rage over a paper cut can take precedence over a medical emergency because the rage is so loud and so demanding, and because we have become accustomed to reacting to whatever the alcoholic demands. As a result, we not only do we overlook critical situations, but we often neglect those quiet but important needs of our own that might make our lives more enjoyable. We neglect our health, find little time to give to our children loving attention. We set aside any urge we may have to have fun. I think what I read in this and think about in this paragraph is how we can become so accustomed to that one person in our life that we are afraid of, to be honest, we're afraid of how they're going to be how they're going to react. And maybe that's a boss, or a spouse, or a parent or a child. But that we attune everything that we do to that person to try to save ourselves from that person's wrath. And in that, that is the piece that is the unhealthy, untreated Al-Anon that untreated aspect of ourselves where we put our needs last to try to manipulate and control a situation that will keep somebody else from being angry or upset. And when we do that, we lose ourselves. We neglect ourselves. We neglect other people because we are putting all the attention on whoever that person is that we're trying to control. And first things first just reminds us to to keep the energy on ourselves. What is our first thing to do first for us, for the situation? We don't have to take on the whole thing. We don't have to fix that person. We can have fun. We can have joy. We can have excitement regardless of what the other person or the other major person in our life is doing that they're not having fun. They're not happy. It goes on to read first things first encourages us to take a moment to set priorities. Before we react, we can ask ourselves, what is of primary importance right now? 
When planning our morning, we can consider which of our more quiet needs might deserve attention. In the midst of a heated discussion, we can stick with the topic that concerns us and set aside all matters that are not so pressing. I just want to take a pause in that one. Not having fights anymore after having a million fights all the time, constantly. I think that I took this in the beginning really to heart and reminded myself that when I started fighting, I fought everything. I didn't even remember what my point was that I had in the beginning of the argument. And that the first things first reminds me in any of those complex discussions that are hopefully things that we're carefully working out with somebody else in a healthy way means that I stick to what my point was. And that doesn't mean that I'm trying to force the other person to come to my side, but that I can stick to the topic of what I need to talk about. That instead of defending and demanding, I stick to my piece of what I need of that one topic and let the others go. There will be a time for those to come up and maybe when everything isn't so heated anyway. It goes on to say, when there doesn't seem to be enough hours in the day, we can accept our limitations and make choices about what has to be done at once and what can be postponed. We're not superhuman and we can't do it all. First things first helps us to make more workable choices and to live with the choices we make. I know that there's so many times that I've been completely overwhelmed with what needs to be done that I don't do anything, that I'm just spinning my wheels. I'm just walking in circles. And the truth is, if I take a look at the project or I take a look at the situation, that you just take one step at a time and you don't have to know the end. I love the GPS, right? So what did we do before we had Google Maps? Honestly, I don't know how I got anywhere. But what I'm willing to do is get into my car, put in my map where I need to go, and it tells me take a left here, take a right here. And I'm not looking at the big map, but I know that it will get me to my destination. And then in life, I remind myself of that exact thing. And I just say, you know what? Spirit is my map. And I know that in the end, I want to get to where it is that I want to go. And I'm just going to let it give me one step at a time. I had a friend who recently went through a separation and a divorce. And she said, every day, she said, first things first, that it was so overwhelming to separate a home and a relationship that if she didn't think first things first, that she was just paralyzed and unable to do a single thing. And so it's a great opportunity in whether it's a small thing or a huge life-changing thing to remember, we don't have to do it all. Just let spirit be your guide and let it give you the map one turn at a time. The final slogan is, let it begin with me. The Al-Anon program helps us to stop focusing so intensely on what those around us say, do, and feel, and instead put the focus on ourselves. This has been the answer to my serenity to stop putting so much energy on everybody else and what they're doing and focus on me. 
It goes on to say, when we're tempted to blame others for our problems or to justify our own poor behavior by pointing to the poor behavior of others, this slogan reminds us where our focus really and rightfully belongs. We are responsible for our actions, regardless of how others behave. When we feel with the need to change a situation, we can apply this slogan and start with what we can improve. I have told this story before, but my husband and I would go to therapy and I would spend the whole time in the therapy session bitching and complaining about every single thing that my husband needed to do different and why he needed to be somebody else and how angry I was at how he behaved. And one session with our minister, actually, uh, after it was all over and it had, and and the time was up. And then he called me later to say, Hey, Rachel, I, I didn't, it all ended so quickly because I had another appointment, but I just really need you to take a look at you and what's your part and where can you put the focus on yourself instead of extending so much energy and blame on your husband. And at that time in my life where I was then, that was not at all what I wanted to hear. That is not what I wanted to hear. What I wanted was I wanted someone to back me up and tell him what he needed to do differently, who he needed to be differently. I was married to an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic. And when I really had that switch happen in my heart, where the focus comes to yourself and you stop blaming others for your misery Does that mean that they did not do things that are not great? No, it totally does not mean that they didn't do things that were not healthy or kind. What it means is that you take responsibility for yourself. You, you take a hundred percent responsibility for yourself. And that I did have that piece of myself that kind of felt like, well, he's being a dick, so I'm going to be a dick. Well, that, that is not equal. That's not how it helps things to improve. You're only deteriorating the situation. It goes on to say, would a change of attitude on our part make things work more smoothly? In general, yes. Are we making a positive contribution to what is happening? Or are we merely standing by, criticizing, waiting for others to take care of the situation for us? Let it begin with me as a way to change the things we can especially our own attitudes, instead of waiting for everyone else to change and to suit us. The world is its own place and people are their own people with their own attitudes and their own hurts and their own frustrations. And to sit and expect everything to come around to suit us only brings us misery and suffering and pain An expectation is brutal because people will never meet our expectations. And so when I changed my focus and I changed the way that I saw things or how I reacted to things, it's as if it all changed too, but it didn't. I did. And it's little, I have like a little story last night. Uh, my husband and I were going to take my brother-in-law out for his birthday. And um, it was taking my husband longer to get ready to go out to eat because he had to go run an errand. 
And I thought, you know, in the past, I would have, it would have ruined the whole evening for me because I would have been super irritated that it was taking so long that he had to run this errand that we had somebody else waiting for us. And I would have kind of been nitpicky and and fussed at him about it. And while I was waiting, I would have been mad. And last night, I just, you know, it is what it is. And we're going to get to the restaurant when we get to the restaurant. And it is not my job to be worried about it. And the truth is, here's my husband working really hard and helping providing for our family. And this was an important errand. So why do I need to be irritated by it? And so I sat back, I started listening to um, an Al-Anon speaker meeting from on Spotify are these great old Al-Anon speaker meetings, highly recommend you look them up and looking through magazines and just found myself being so contented and peaceful and happy and cheerful so that when he was done with his errand and ready to go, all I had to do was stand up and be ready for a fun, nice evening, even though it was later than I expected. And that was a totally different person than how I would have dealt with it before. And that's a super small example, because there's a lot of more tragic examples in my life, and I'm sure yours as well. But that was me beginning with me. And uh, we had a really fun night. So it goes on to say, often a very legitimate need or desire goes unrecognized because we expect the need to be met by somebody else. That is just huge. We want people in our lives. We want connection in our lives. We want to be able to have relationships that work. But when we expect everybody else to meet our needs, we're forgetting to meet our own needs. And then we're putting all that energy on those needs that aren't met. Instead of thinking, how can I be of service to you? How can I be service to myself? How can I be of service to me and make sure that my needs are met? We may be yearning for more honesty in a relationship or for more pleasurable weekends, yet taking no responsibility for our own part in addressing these needs. This is like going hungry while waiting for someone who doesn't cook to make dinner. Let it begin with me might suggest that we go ahead and cook for ourselves, go out for dinner, or make plans with someone who cooks. In short, we take responsibility for getting our own needs met. Thus, if we have a mental wish list of things we want a parent, child, spouse, friend, or employer to do for us or bring to our relationship, We might consider ways to satisfy those wishes in another manner with other people. When my husband and I went to therapy forever ago in our beginnings of our relationship, we had this therapist, the same one that told us we were alcoholics, and then we never went back again. But she very early on, I was saying, you know, that Rich wasn't all these things. He wasn't, I wanted a best friend. I wanted a lover. I wanted a companion. I wanted a superhero and I wanted, you know, what is that I wanted? I wanted whatever was my storybook, you know, knight on shining armor. And she said, he's never going to meet all those needs for you. You need good girlfriends. You need a foundation of belief structure. You need a life that's of your own life. And then you will share aspects of your life together. And that was probably some of the best advice that I got from her. 
and I got some good girlfriends and I made other relationships and I didn't put all the pressure that he needed to fulfill all those aspects for me. That was helpful in the sense that even when our lives were falling apart from being alcoholics and addicts, that we still had this support structure from other people that allowed us to not fall down as deeply as we could have. So it goes on to say, if we have often disappointed, if we have often been disappointed by an undependable friend, instead of waiting for that person to change, we might stop depending on him or her. Perhaps someone else in our life would be more reliable when we really need to count on somebody. How many of us sit around and wait for friends to come around or relationships or jobs to come around instead of searching out a healthier or better situation? We might ask ourselves if we've been consistently reliable in all of our relationships. Sometimes the things that bother us most about others are the very things we do ourselves without realizing it. Similarly, what we most admire in others can be the very traits we are capable of cultivating in ourselves. Let it begin with me. This is such a great, a great one. So there's our three slogans for this episode. Let it begin with me just for today. First things first. If you're interested in any of these Al-Anon things, I've been meaning to say There are Al-Anon groups all over the country in person and on Zoom. And if these slogans appeal to you, I would highly recommend looking into the Al-Anon program. Uh, It has been phenomenal for me. And the women and men in the rooms are strong and heartfelt and real. And those connections can be incredible. And again, this was the book, How Al-Anon Works for Families and Friends of Alcoholics by Al-Anon. And I'll go over more slogans on another episode. Until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode offered you tools, guidance, and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. For more information, please visit the website recoveryoursoul.net. There you can find more about Rev. Rachel, book coaching or spiritual counseling sessions, read the blog, listen to her music, connect to social media, as well as subscribe to receive updates. We thank you for supporting the production of this podcast by donating on the homepage. We hope you'll follow us on Instagram and Facebook and become part of our transformation community. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.